Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Well, welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy here in the Outdoor Country Talk studios tonight, Jake. Man, we are doing good over here, trying to trying to enjoy this weather, man. You know? Enjoying the weather, enjoying duck season, we are. Duck season, deer season, everything is upon us right man, now. Man, my favorite time of the year. It's been a good, uh, it's been a good couple weeks, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a good really, I know really you've, you've been of off world traveling as you usually do, and uh, I've been trying to get on them ducks up there in the Mississippi Delta, and I tell you what, it has been working out. Well, I got asked the other day what was going on locally, and I told him, I said, I'm going to have to refer you to Jeremy <laughs> or, or talk to somebody else. Someone else. I hadn't really been here no. local lately, so. Um, yeah, you hadn't made a hunt in this part of the world yet, have you? Not since steel season, though. No. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking. Should have probably went the first weekend, but we had some family stuff going, and we had just gotten back from Texas. Yeah, that's right. And had spent that couple of days out there, was kind of jet-lagged, and knew I was jumping on an airplane again, mm-hmm. and, or jumping on an airplane, and was like, man, I'm going to take a day or two, get all my gear together, yeah, try to figure out how we're going to deal with the North Atlantic cold Yeah, in, in Newfoundland. So it was, uh, I just spent a a day or two recuperating there for a- man the cold is nothing we've really had to battle yet i've hunted uh hunted opening day all three days there before the first well for our only split we got this year and uh i think the coldest morning we've had has been like mid 40s something I, like that i was looking over the next three days uh friday saturday and sunday i think it's 44 to 60 yeah something like I that mean, i mean we hunted several mornings this where, morning was cool yeah this morning you know, would have been, been great this morning we had that front push through it would have been nice yeah i know some guys said they did real well this morning had i not had to work this morning i would have been with them but you know it's amazing how those jobs seem to get in the way yeah i know it you know if we priorities. didn't have to work uh you know if we can ever figure out how to make money at this where we can do this full time yeah you know, it, uh, we, we may be able to step out of that and, the, and uh, hunt every day. But the financial benefits just hasn't been there yet. But I'm having a good time with it. Look, I've had more people ask me, "Y'all making money at that?" Y'all make-? like, no, man. If y'all hadn't figured this out, this is costing us money to do this right now. Yep. But we we have the opportunity to do what we do anyway. That's right. We're going to sit here and talk about hunting and fishing either way. Oh, yeah. And you might as well make, outdoor, make something out of it. You know, the beef jerky, the deer jerky that you tried earlier. Oh, you man, know, swapping good. a recipe. Yeah. You know, how, did you, how long did you dehydrate? You know I mean? Stuff like that is uh-huh. what we like to talk about anyway. Absolutely. So, and making some of the connections and friendships and stuff. You know, yeah. when we hunt and when we go out, you know, I hunt with a lot of different people all the time. Seems like you hunt with a good different, yeah. you know, a lot of the same groups sometimes, but I mean, overall, probably a dozen people I hunt with throughout the year, mm-hmm. you know, good group of it. And that's kind of what, you know, we released the first one uh, last week with the Shaw Bros. And, man, that is, that's been a fun first couple episodes. I know we're going to catch up some some more and uh, get some more guys on, but that's been a, that's been a fun little series we've, uh, we've started. And, man, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. I know we, uh. Like I say, duck season has started. We had a good, good two weeks so far uh, in the Mississippi Delta. I know some not not having great luck, but but man, we have we have had some some really good luck. 
we have. It's just been we've been fortunate, had spent a lot of time on the ground doing some scouting, and it's paid off. It has paid off. Well, I know opening day y'all had a stellar hunt up at on public land. Yeah, man, that's been one of the better opening days I've had in the last heck probably four or five years. I would I would venture to say. I mean, daylight it was. It was something like I haven't seen, especially being an open weekend in the last man. I, I would venture to say five years. It was uh, it was really good. Hey, that whole weekend was good, and then this past Saturday, um, four man done by eight o'clock, and uh, good many mallards. And man, it was it's been good. It's been good. We've been we've been fortunate. Good Lord has blessed us with some good hunts, and I hope they keep on rocking. Well, and you had a pretty good crew, didn't you? I've had a good crew. I have had a good crew. We uh we hunted hunted this past weekend with uh three of the three of the Sharbros guys that we've we've mentioned. Uh myself, we had Shedler, and we had Scotty, and then Scotty's cousin Billy come up with us and uh and hunted, but it was a it was a nice little little reunion for the for a few of the Sharbros guys. And then the weekend before, uh, opening weekend that Saturday, hunted with Jerry, uh, Gary, and Judd. So yeah, a few old, few old Sharbros guys is getting back. Got to bring a lot of memories back. Oh man, we had, we talked about some of the stuff we talked about on the podcast. You know, like we always do. Just <laughs> we, we get out there in the moment, and hey, you remember we like done say, this? Or, that that conversation is right on track, and all of a sudden you run off in a ditch real quick. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Pretty much. What about you, man? You have you have been doing some some traveling as always but well, we made our we made our family texas run and each of the kids all got something um we we were able to take another uh, couple with us and their kids and then we met family over there yeah and you know it, it's just always a it's a fun time over there it's always something to see there there's always you know the the stands are nice and comfortable but the terrain the different the different stuff that you run across, you know, I mean, you yeah. see plenty of whitetail, but then you see some exotics too. You'll mm-hmm. see some, some all dead or some axis or, uh, we really didn't see any pigs this time, which I was shocked because mm. normally we, we yeah, do a pretty usually, good number on the pigs. Pig. Uh, last year, I think we killed nine or 10 and this year I don't one Lydia Grace killed one. Um, this past time she did, she, she got one pig and I think it was in it. 20 yards when they shot him hmm. and i think he was alone by himself oh really? or just running by himself because that's what i asked papa i was like man you know how many more did y'all see and he said that was it hmm. and i mean we we were up early we were back in after dark and normally when you're riding back in you see them or you yeah. see them throughout the day when you're going from stand to stand or when you're dropping everybody off because and what what part of texas is that y'all go to it's out in west texas out the other side of uh del rio okay yeah i couldn't remember exactly but del rio i remember you telling me that but the you know over the years we've been going for the last five or six years and when we first got to go i actually got to hunt mm-hmm. i don't really get to hunt anymore I'm, now, I'm the right? guide yeah. and the cleaner <laughs> you know, if, if it needs to be you got promoted <laughs> if it needs to be clean then that's my job uh i don't know if that's a promotion or a demotion yeah well it's all part of it huh i get to uh i get to back up shoot some yeah. every once in a while 
because main thing is out there you've got so many ravines and everything's so rough it's a gorgeous beautiful country but everything out there has a, a sticker a stinger a, a spike <laughs> on it somewhere something that'll jump up and get you well we got out there one of the first years and walking along i was out there turkey hunting and you know we were told to kind of stay in stay in the plotted areas don't really go off you know, like here, if we're here and you hear a turkey gobble, you yeah, take you off on the run. Yeah. You, you're gone. They were like, no, sit down and call him. They're going to come to the plots. Just be patient. Mm-hmm. Not really my style of turkey hunting, but right. it was something that we had to kind of figure out. And uh, get out there and creep around that morning. I tell you, I, I'll start it off for you real well. We get set up. My wife and I, we're in a blind, and I hoot right at daylight, nothing. Hoot again, nothing. I'm like, hmm, it may not be any turkeys out here. <laughs> Well, it dawns on me. I said, well, okay, I'm going to try a crow call. I hit a crow call, and these turkeys light up all around. Mm. Well, I got to talking to one of the ranch hens later that evening. He's like, man, we don't have hoot owls. I didn't know what that he was. He said, them <laughs> things are sitting up in the air, roosted 10 feet up in them little bitty trees. And they were trying to figure out what in the Sam Elliott that was. They didn't know what that was. They that didn't know was. what my hoot owl call was. You know, They were up there going, well, there's some idiot up yeah. there. There's some Mississippi guy out here trying to kill us. <laughs> but we ran across what they call a horse hobbler cactus. And it, it is a little old bitty, looks like a little patch of grass, but it has thistles on it about as thick as a pencil. Mm-hmm. They go to a razor sharp point, and they're about eight inches tall. Mm-hmm. And you step on that dude not paying attention. You know, you're know looking it. out ahead at a turkey or something, and you're not watching where you're going. Uh, the caliche rock. I mean, everything up there, the mesquite thorns, you know, We've come across a few snakes. Got to see a tarantula one time while we were there. It come across the road and looked like my hand walking across oh, the wow. road. And it makes you, you know, really kind of, do I really want to sit down in the dark or do I yeah, want to really. just kind of stand up and wait till daylight and then sit down? So what did y'all kill this time? Like uh, what, what all species did y'all get? All dad, pigs, and deer. Okay. Uh, we really didn't see a lot of axis bucks. Um, saw a few axis does, but... Axis deer shed horns differently than whitetail uh, is my understanding. I'm not an expert on that, and if I'm wrong, somebody come on here and correct me. It'll be okay. Uh, depending on which month they're born, the bucks shed their horns, So if they're and they're not all born in a certain time because they breed all year long. Really? Especially out there because it's warmer. They really don't, yeah. you know, it's just a difference. So you may see a large animal and go, that's got to be a male. Yeah. But won't have any horns. Mm-hmm. And he could have dropped them the week before you got out there. So, I mean, it's – and you, we've been out there and seen some with one horn. You go in turkey season, you'll see a bunch of them with horns, and then you go in the fall and there's nothing out there. So, yeah. you know, it just depends. And I think on that ranch they move around a good bit. Uh, they'll be in some of the areas that we can actually accessibly hunt, and in some they drift back up in them canyons where we don't yeah. – there's no roads or trails at right now, so it's just uh, – Kind of a hit and miss game, but you know, the first couple of years we went out there, the the lodging was not ideal for everybody. It was a party hauler camper out in the middle mm. of nowhere. You had a big concrete tank. Um, you may or may not be able to get the generator to crank, and, mm-hmm. and they've now since beefed up the lodging, and everything's really nice. And it, it's a fun family outing. Uh, and like I say, we've the last couple of years, we've got to take a couple of, of the kids' friends with them and, and one or two of their parents and, and go have a, yeah. a more of a family atmosphere type thing. Look, I had two girls in with me in a, in a stand one morning. I had Kim and one of her little friends in there. 
I don't know if I've ever been that entertained in a deer stand in my life. <laughs> How we saw anything, I still don't know. It may have been blind and deaf. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. They talked. They played. They got on their iPads. They were kind of dancing in the stands like, y'all have got to be quiet. They, you know, made noises. So it was just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw one of them this evening, and she was like, I'm ready to go get in a stand. <laughs> oh, well, me too, baby. Let's go. It don't really matter. So, so y'all were out there, what, four days? Something like that? Yeah, we, we wound up uh, be able to cover it over a weekend on the, the school holiday weekend. We were right, able to cover yeah. everybody so nobody missed any school, and we were able to get back quick enough. But the – we didn't quite do what we normally do, but it was still a good trip. Yeah, I mean, we we had a good time. The kids all had fun, and I, I didn't get a chance to hunt solo this time. Usually, the last morning or so we're there, we've run at it so hard that the kids are wore out. And they're like, "No, Daddy, I'm sleeping in." <laughs> and this year, everybody was didn't yes, work sir. out that way. Huh? Yes, sir, I'm up. Well, in the last morning, the young man that was with me, we saw five or six pretty decent little bucks. And he had already he'd already had the opportunity to harvest a decent little deer. Mm-hmm. And the rule out there is, you know, if you're going to take a second one, it needs to be bigger than your first one. Right. You know, make it. You get a kid buck one time, and then sure. you need to kind of look for a, a little more mature deer. And I'm trying to film us. I've got my good camera up in the stand, and I'm filming and just trying to keep up and get everything he's got going on on on. And we're watching the hills, and see that's one of the the most unique things out there is that you you watch the feeders, then you watch the patches, but if you want to see the good deer, you better be watching the hills around you, because they yeah. may be 500 yards up a hill mm-hmm. on a rock face cliff that you wouldn't think a billy goat would want to be on, and there's one standing up there. And that's whitetails. That's whitetails, huh. uh, or any of the animals really. Yeah. And. He had gotten in the pattern with me, and he's he's got his binoculars out, and he's looking, and I'm looking the other way, and he's like, Coach, Coach, there's a good one. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, baby, I'm sure it is. Because, you know, everything's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And about the time I swung the glasses up there and looked, and I said, ooh, ooh, that is a good one. <laughs> he's not lying. <laughs> he, he yeah, He's not playing with me on this one. We get to looking, and I had a grunt tube with me, and I grunted at him, and he'd turn and look, and there was a – probably a 15 inch eight point heavy dark horns and i told jay i said look i said he's questionable we may can take yeah. him but let's see if we can't get that other one down well the the smaller buck comes out and he starts running some does when he starts running does the bigger deer starts coming down the hill mm-hmm. I said, all right now it's on okay he's hurting grunt i'm gonna grunt at him again and see if i can't you know get him yeah. fired up a little bit and he just never would. He hung up about 300 yards, and you're talking about a you know, 11, 12-year-old boy trying to shoot. And yeah, that's a long shot. In all that mesquite, because he'd pop in a spot and he'd pop out. You mm-hmm. know I mean? They move 10 feet, you've lost them. Yeah. You know, it's not like in a wide open field or around here. You know, right. It's kind of like trying to – you've hunted and cut over so many a time before oh, yeah. where you can see them one second, and the next day it's like, all right, was that of my imagination or right. did I actually see a deer? Yeah. And we were able to – we were able to watch him off and on, and I think I got him on film a little bit, but we weren't. But now we got to watch the other one do all kind of – he made a scrape, made a rub, hmm. chased those in and out of the plot, and he just never would because we had kind of started running out of time before we needed to start heading back. And I told him, I said, look, if he'll give you a good shot, take him. And he just never would. He he was on the, on the move at that point. Had we taken him earlier before the does came out? Yeah. 
So the whitetails out there, are they rutting now? Yeah, they were rutting. Okay. Back a couple of weeks ago. They were early rut. They were just starting. Yeah. Um, they had had a little bit more cold weather out there. We had a couple mornings where it was in the 30s out there, and they were yeah. starting to kind of crank up a little bit. I know bit. ours, you know, they're going to be rutting here in another couple of weeks, so I didn't know how that really correlated to that part of the world. I wonder if front we're having right now. It's not going to get them stirred. Well, I heard that. some guys that were hunting up in the northern part of the state said that uh, said it was some deer It was some deer chasing up there. So, um, you know, it's going to be starting up here pretty quick. And I, I didn't know how that correlated, you know, in that part of the world with that climate and terrain and, and all that out there. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it was just they were they were we were probably a week or two early to when they really first first week of December, second week of December, right about now is when they really start to yeah. is usually when we try to go out. But we had some things come up and I had a different trip planned, and the kids had some stuff going with basketball and everything else that we we just needed to go when we could go. Mm-hmm. We went a couple of years ago, and we skipped a day or two of school. Yeah, and that was a bad idea because we missed all kind of. <laughs> we had to catch up on activities. We had to do homework. We had to study. So on that thirteen-hour ride back and forth, we were studying. Yeah, they didn't want to study on thirteen-hour ride, and I was tired of hearing questions being asked. Or, uh-huh. you know, it was like, all right, everybody go to sleep, be quiet for a little while. The spelling words really got old by then. Yes, <laughs> yes, I knew them by heart, and yeah. they were still having. I didn't even need the list to look at anymore. I could just ask you memorize them. them, and and they were good for a minute and gone for a minute. So it was. Well, getting off that trip a minute, um, I know it's a trip that you went on i think we may have mentioned it and you went duck hunting somewhere that most people around here probably has not ventured off to i think that's fair to say i I think that would be very very fair to say uh i had the opportunity uh to give a little backstory I, i had the opportunity last year to make a trip to canada with uh with delta waterfowl got an invite on it and got up there and made some new friends you know it seems like everywhere i go i try to make some new friends and keep up with them and through social media and stuff now you can keep up with everybody better sure well one of the guys that was up there was kind of spastic kind of you know wanted to hunt daylight to dark kind of like i do i've heard you describe him a time or two yeah Yeah, he he's he's in a lot of ways similar Uh, yeah (laughs) and we hit it off really well uh, on that regard and he said, man, he said, you know, would you come to Newfoundland? And I'm like, where's Newfoundland? And he's <laughs> like. looked that up on he, the map. <laughs> <laughs> after he told me where it was. <laughs> it is on the eastern seaboard in the North Atlantic. If you go to Maine and look up, there's a little island that kind of branches off of Canada up there. And that's Newfoundland. Yeah. And it's not a very large area. It's not very heavily populated. There's one main highway, highway run that runs from one side to the other mm-hmm. and that's it hmm. there are parts of that country that man nor woman have seen in years wow. I, I told my wife i would love to go back and spend a month or two months and just take a backpack pack a tent you know uh, salmon fishing starts running in the in the may june area if you went se- september you could go up there and probably fish uh duck hunt and moose hunt yeah, they have no deer on the island. They have caribou. They have moose. They have salmon. They've got all the Atlantic Ocean fishing, whatever you wanted to do there, and you can duck hunt also. But you could go up there and disappear. You could step away from all of society, all of social media, everything you wanted to. You could just go and 
and rough it and live. They ought to film some of these Survivor Series <laughs> up there. Because all this surviving on the beach, if you can go up there and survive, they call it the rock. Hmm. When we went to land, the guy that we were meeting. And you landed where? Where was the closest airport to that? Deer Lake, Newfoundland. Deer Lake, Newfoundland. We left New Orleans. We flew into Toronto. When we got into Toronto, oh, they'd backed our flight up an hour, backed our flight up another hour. And we were supposed to land in Newfoundland at like 12.36 at night. And that was probably a pretty popular flight, I would assume, from New Orleans to Toronto. I mean, popular airline, I would think. Uh, Well, it was Canadian Air. Yeah. Uh, But there were were actually, the plane from New Orleans to Toronto was smaller than the plane that we were getting on from Toronto to Deer Lake, which shocked me because I thought... Yeah, I would think that would be total opposite. I thought we were on a twin twin engine, (laughs) you know, little spinners on the side. Uh Uh-huh. I said, oh, this is going to be a heck of a ride from here to there. When we landed in Toronto, it was snowing real heavily, and we just didn't have the opportunity. They finally, they boarded us on the plane. We sat on the plane for almost an hour, and then the captain came on and told us that, uh, well, first off, the pilots that we had were running out of time on their time sheet to fly, Mm -hmm. and they could not make the entire trip. (laughs) And my question was, if they get halfway over there and they run out of time, <laughs> just exactly how do they manage that at that What's point? the process? <laughs> so they had to go get us two new pilots, and several of the folks that were on the plane apparently made that flight a lot. They were like, well, the pilots we had were experienced at landing on this little small airstrip. These guys probably were not, and since conditions were a little rough, they chose just not to, to mm-hmm. make the attempt. Yeah. Well, the captain comes over and tells us that the Deer Lake Airport is 100% frozen over. No way to land on it. Hmm. They do not have the equipment. They can spray some chemicals. They can have it ready for in the morning, but there's no way they can have it in time for us to make the flight and land. It's like, okay. Well, you know, so you hang out in Toronto. We hang out in Toronto. So you get off the plane. You go get your baggage because you, now you got to come all the way back through everything again, security and everything else. You don't have to go through customs, but you have to go back through security. I get on the phone. I, I look up, you know, hotels near the airport because don't want to sleep in the airport if we can help it. And the sixth hotel finally tells us they have a room. There's me and one other guy from Hattiesburg, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, they are. They know they have us because this room rate is ridiculous. Really? What was it? Three hundred and twenty-seven dollars Canadian, Ooh. which worked out about two ninety American. Wow! For one twin bed or. Two queen size beds, yeah. and it was a nice hotel. I mean, we were we were a nice hotel, but like I say, I'd called five more previous to, and nobody had a space force. Yeah, everybody was booked out. They apparently we weren't the only flight that got canceled that night. Yeah, so we spend the night there. We finally get out the next morning. We land in Deer Lake finally. And how was that? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Oh, uh, they set that plane down like they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. because they stuck it into the ground. <laughs> I mean, he, he knew he had a short runway and needed all the brakes he could get, huh. so it wasn't a light touchdown. Like, he yeah. hit the ground and he hit the brakes. So if you didn't have your seatbelt on, you went about four <laughs> rows further up, which apparently everybody but us had been on that flight before because they all were strapped in tight just yeah. like we were. But we get going. We meet my buddy Mark. He gets us. Now, we've got a three-and-a-half-hour ride in the snow and mess to get to where he's at. And Mark is the one that, that y'all hunted the, with. The, the yeah. friend I made in Canada, and he's right. the one that set up the whole hunt. And the whole idea is we're going to meet 
Chris Farrell with Marguerite Outfitters, and he, we're going out to eider hunt in the boat in the Atlantic Ocean with him in the mornings, and then we're going to go black duck hunt with Mark in the evenings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're hunting daylight to dark, right. you know, my, my normal type of thing. We get set up, we get in there, we get all our stuff in our room at night, so we've lost a whole day of hunting. And we had one extra day just in case he had some buddies that had still had their moose tags. The residents of Newfoundland, my understanding, I may have this wrong, so if anybody, you know, once again, correct me if I'm wrong. If you apply for a moose tag every other year, you're eligible, unless you apply for a bull tag every year, and then you may be a couple years if you only want to hunt bulls. But okay. most of the residents there, they're hunting a moose for, for food. I for would food. assume, yeah. Uh, there's grocery stores there. You know, we got to see the, I can't remember, the tire mart it was like one of their Walmarts. They had a Walmart, but then they had a tire mart thing, they Canadian have, tire did, mart. They did have a Walmart. They did have a Walmart. You remember our old Walmarts that weren't the super Walmarts? Yeah. That's kind of like it. what it was. Okay. It did not really have a whole huge, because we ran in there and like, okay, well, we'll grab groceries for the trip. And, and you were able to get a lot of your stuff, but I took some pictures of the different food items, and it wasn't the same type of stuff that we get. Hmm. Um, you couldn't get any nabs with peanut butter. No? Nope. Put nabs with cheese if you wanted those. Hmm. Uh, the Pop-Tarts were different, kind of a little <laughs> different. Uh, you know, some of the snacks that you want in your blind bag and different things, they were... yeah. They were a little different, but, you know, to me, that's part of the whole experience. Oh, yeah. You know, the hunting is awesome. You know, we have a great time hunting, but the cultural aspect and the seeing the different things and learning some of the different things about different places is just what what really I enjoy just as much. So we got all that done. We finally got there at night. We got some sleep. We get over to the place we're hunting with, with Marguerite the next morning, and now it's a 40-minute drive from where we slept at. Well, how was the three-and-a-half-hour drive that y'all had to make from the airport? It wasn't quite white-knuckled the whole time. You were driving? No, he was. Okay, The Mark, local guy was. The now, native. <laughs> now, I drove back at the end, and we'll get to that in a little while. Okay. But he's scooting along pretty good, and we're in a little four-door car. Okay. And we're riding on ice with two little asphalt strips. Now, they've got these big... <laughs> Big road grader trucks that it's got a huge blade in the front and it's got a, it throws rock salt and ice uh, sand up underneath them, and they're moving along. And dude, when I tell you they're moving along, they're doing forty to fifty. Hmm. They're booking it pretty good. Yeah, and it sparks flying up off that blade <laughs> on the asphalt, and you're sitting there thinking, all right, the road condition here can't be that good because if they're doing this all winter long, there's something gonna rip tear. <laughs> something's got to be. I mean, it's gonna look like a, a, a South Mississippi road or South Louisiana road here yeah. very quickly. So when y'all were going there, was it, it was daytime. Y'all were driving there, huh? No, it was nighttime. Oh, was it? Yeah. By the time we landed down, we got to see a little bit of the daylight, and then it was all dark. You know, it was getting dark around five. Okay. So by the time we got landed in, because we didn't leave the airport in Toronto till one. Gotcha. So by the time we gotcha. got there, got our bags, got in the car, it was pretty well dark or yeah. getting right at dark by the time we got out of Deer Lake and then we started headed down. And we finally got, like I say, we, we were up the next morning. But it was, you know, he's going along pretty good. I'm like, hey, man, do you need to slow down a little bit? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're up and down these mountains. And, I mean, part of the Alps, according to him, actually originate or run over into Newfoundland. So you've got some huge mountains that we're going up and down. And, I mean, 
we're going down these little things with these little guardrails down the side. And it's like, man, don't touch your brakes. Don't touch your brakes. I got it. I've done this before. And understood, but I haven't. So uh, if you slow yeah. down just a little bit, if yeah. it takes us an extra hour to make it there safely, right. I don't mind that bad. <laughs> so we get, we get where we're going that night. Next morning we get up and. You know, we don't really know what to expect. So we, we drive the 40 minutes over, and it's blowing snow just sideways. I mean, it's you can't put your hybrid lights on because you can't see. Mm-hmm. So you got to ride with your dims on. And we're we're creeping up through there, and we finally get there. And the guy's got this nice little place right on the edge of the, of the ocean. And it's just house after house after house after house stacked around this bay. It's Calm Water Bay. And we get in there and get to talking to him. He's got his nice place, nice and warm. And next trip, if we go, when we get to go back, and, and I want to go back, the uh, he's got nice little lodging there, and we'll do that. But yeah. the whole time, this trip was more about hanging out with Mark, and we were trying to stay closer to where he lived at just to make it more convenient for him. Right. Next time, we will chip in and help rent him a space there, too, mm-hmm. and we'll just stay with the guy. We get there. Everybody gets all their stuff. We get organized. He rents us the guns. He's got us the shells to buy. We get get everything ready, and we ease down. We get in this boat. and You know, the pictures that we've put on, I put on Facebook, social media so far, the boat's 22 foot long, probably eight and a half, nine foot wide. Wow, it didn't look near about that big. It, it's it's still not that big. I mean, it was four. Well, I mean, you put something out on that kind of water, it's not that yeah. big. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, it was like a teeter-totter going up and down. The uh, We ease out, and as we're coming out of the, what they call a calm water bay, it's not that calm. Huh. And he doesn't look that excited. He's like, guys, I normally like to set out my strings in the dark, and we're sitting there, and right at daylight we're shooting, but I'm not going through there until I can see what's past it because that's rough and it's five six foot swells where we're sitting and it's like hmm okay you live here you do this for a living if you're not comfortable <laughs> i'm not going to push this we're okay <laughs> we have a backup plan if this doesn't work we we know one area mark said where we can go and we can throw some decoys off the rocks and we can sit there and hunt hiders there that morning and then we can go look for black ducks that afternoon yeah so we're we're okay you know we I had promised my wife I would come back, and I didn't really want to come back, you know, as a popsicle. So, yeah. well, we finally, daylight breaks, and, I mean, it's still white caps breaking out there. You can watch big seas rolling, and he's like, okay, I, I see a spot I can shoot. We'll go try it. We'll try it for an hour. Like, dude, if you're not comfortable, we still won't. Yeah. You know, we've traveled this far, but, you know, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day will be right. smoother. We're okay. We'll wait a day. He's like, no, I think we're good. So we head out, get out there. He set one line of string ducks out. And the way they do it, they'll drop a weight over, and all the ducks are on one string, one line of ducks. And then his ability, uh, I want to go ahead and brag on him here because we talked about it there, his ability to keep us on station with that boat was phenomenal. Hmm. Yeah, I heard you mention it when we were talking about it. I mean, he got set up, and, and the way he was able to keep us right there we went up running two strings out, and he didn't really want to set the second string out. And it Why was, was like, that? Because of the way the waves okay. were rolling. I mean, we're, we're watching waves crash against rocks over beside us, and, I mean, it's, it's throwing water 20, 30 feet in the air. Oh, wow. And the amazing thing about the boat he had, we were dry. Hmm. No, nothing splashing over the edge. And, I mean, the waves were hitting us pretty good, and it would just kind of rock the boat around and, you know, it, 
I don't know a good way to explain it. Uh, <laughs> maybe like you threw a Coke bottle in the middle of the ocean and you're yeah. watching it and it's just kind of rippling and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way we were, but nothing was cascading over us because I was really expecting to be drenched. Yeah. Uh, some of the videos I had watched from my buddy, you know, there's two inches of ice in the boat because the mm. water sprayed over and it's, well, he's got rubber mats and truck in the bottom of the boat, very comfortable chairs. So was it cold enough to freeze then? I mean, it was zero oh, well, yeah. Celsius. I mean, it was 32 oh, yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, right at. So, I mean, it was right at freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was it was, it was was rough, but it was a calm rough. It, we had big swells, but not a lot of crashing choppy waves that morning. Yeah. I mean, he he told us, and I'm, I'm just going by what they said, that it was between 15 to 18-foot swells that were rolling around with us. Because at one hmm. point, you could see land. And a swell would come by, and all of a sudden you lost all track of land. Yeah. And land's up on top of these mountains, I mean, up on these big cliffs. So when you lost sight of land, you had gone way, way down. <laughs> and we're sitting there, and daylight gets worse, breaking a little better, and we start seeing a few ducks, and no calling. Because I asked him, I said, man, what, what kind of call, what kind of sounds do y'all make? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'd like to try to learn. You know, I mean, anytime I go somewhere, I want to try to learn something. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we don't call at them. They'll see the decoys. They're running these rocks when they're flying. They'll be three feet off the ground or twenty feet off the water, or three feet off water, yeah. twenty feet off the water. There's no point in calling at them. They see the decoys. They're coming. Huh. And the boat's painted a battleship gray, kind of a blackish mix. Yeah. So you look like one of the rocks that they're flying down. Uh huh. Well, we didn't that morning. We we <laughs> we were turning up and down kind of flip-flopping so you could see in the boat couldn't see in the boat could yeah. see in the boat you know like we were flashing at them and birds really didn't work well that morning but the first one that we had come in <laughs> i stood up to shoot and the boat sat me down <laughs> whatever wave hit the boat that time as i stood up to shoot thank goodness i still had the gun on safety and had not i still had both hands on the gun or it might have gone deep six real quick yeah but as i stood up to get over the blind edge it slammed me back into my chair, and of course I braced my feet and jumped back up, hooked my elbow over the edge of the blind, and shoot. And I actually hit the first one, and they were like, "Oh man, you can shoot!" <laughs> like, how in the crap do y'all hit stuff in this? Well, the next three I missed clean. Yeah, missed one on the water twice. <laughs> he probably wouldn't be in steel. <laughs> he didn't move. I mean, he didn't fly off. He never knew I was there. I shot the wave that rolled in front of him twice. Hmm. You know, and the guy's like, oh, what happened? <laughs> what do you think happened? There was a five-foot wave rolled in front of him. He never even twitched. What well, there are you, sti- are, you shooting, uh, are you shooting still shot? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we were shooting uh, Kent three-and-a-halves, mm. number threes. I got you. Uh, I didn't know if that was – Still, yeah, you still can't shoot lead up there. Uh, and I was trying to talk to him about bismuth and different things, and yeah. he he was a uh, Beretta guy and a Kent guy. He had several cases of Kent stored around, and and that's what we were working with. But one of the funniest things was they told you if you hit a duck, because I knocked one out there, it hit the water, and he's like, shoot it again, shoot And he's hollering at me, you know, like I'm a new beginner, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, Okay, well, I went to shoot, and I missed it by two feet because the boat's rolling. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're slamming all around, and you're trying to brace yourself. And 
it's not like shooting on dry ground or or where you're yeah. steel. You and the duck are moving. It makes it a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, the second day I got my feet, it was calmer water, and I got my feet under me real well. But they were over there rolling, laughing. They were like, we thought you could shoot. Like, I thought I could, too. I don't know how anybody shoots in this. I haven't this practiced is these a, conditions no, lately. I don't know of any way to practice it. The only – I gave – I gave the guy from Hattiesburg an example. You know, you go to the the little kid parks, and they've got those little animals that you sit on with the little springs, yeah. you know, the little plastic things, uh-huh. and you rear it back and let it go, and it goes back and forth, back and forth, mm-hmm. side to side like that, depending on how yeah. much weight you are. That If you sat on one of those and tried to shoot at a moving target, That'd be pretty close. that would be a pretty good <laughs> idea of how. I got to laughing at one point. I know I could see 10 feet under the duck. And 10 feet above the duck with me aiming at the duck because mm. the barrel was moving that much. I yeah. mean, I was up and down, up and down, and then it started to roll sideways too, and it was like, oh, dear God, how am I ever going to hit one of these things? Yeah. But we, like I say, we, we were, when you shoot it and hit the water, it's not like our cripples, you know, where it'll swim down and, yeah. you know, it'll grab something maybe, or it's going to pop back up and you can shoot it again. Uh-huh. If they dive, you're probably not going to see so them again. Will, huh? Because the waves carry them out. Yeah. They may be 200 yards out before they surface again. Wow. And you've got waves rolling and you just can't find them. Yeah. So as soon as it hit the water, he's screaming at you, shoot it again, shoot it again, shoot it again. So I'm slamming another shell in. I shoot it again. We ride out there, take a dip net, scoop them up, put them in a the boat, go back over and get where we're supposed to be. Hmm. It was awesome adventure we get out that afternoon we come or that morning we we didn't hunt until about nine because the swells really got to rolling hard and he's like all right it's time to go you could tell he'd gotten uncomfortable yeah we we had been there longer than he really wanted to be there so we get out get everything up we've got several ducks everybody's pretty happy and we go and we try to black duck hunt and the the trip we had on a black duck hunt we rode around checking potholes Mm-hmm. Or what I call potholes, you know, yeah. they were calling them little ponds and stuff. But you're looking, and in my understanding, the way it was explained to us, as long as you're not on the road and you're not within 300 feet or 300, 300 feet or 300 yards of a residence, fair game. It's fair game because all the land <laughs> up there is crown land. It's all public land. Yeah. So if you see it, go for it. Huh. If you're willing to crawl down there or sneak down and go. Yeah. So it was like a lot of this South Mississippi, you know, uh, trying to jumpsuit something. Yeah. It, it was it was a lot of fun. It brought back a lot of childhood <laughs> memories of, you know, trying to walk the creek and you'd see a wood duck up there and you're trying you to ease home, up yeah. there to it and get a shot. So we tried that. And then later that evening, we went and set out decoys on this gorgeous lake. And I posted one of the pictures where you can see the mountains with the snow yeah, cap in the yeah, background and stuff and and nothing. I mean, I... I I think at this time the black ducks had left the area we were at because we the only ones we ever saw on all three days that we saw period were on water where it was not you could not hunt yeah you know they were in town or hmm. right beside you know this nice resort and it's like oh there's some yeah were so two? were there any and i know it wasn't up there then but like our ducks that we get down here is that wintering wintering ground for any of them up there a lot of their ducks moved south, but we we were explained to what we was told to us was that the resident ducks stay. Yeah, and if you have resident black ducks, they're going to be way bigger than the ones that do migrate south because first off, they're not going anywhere. 
Yeah. And they put on more plumage and I guess like resident mallards we would have down yeah. here, yeah. You know, I mean they just they they camp out there custom to the cold and they're ready. Mm-hmm. And it gets cold up there. Oh, I bet. I mean, you're on a rock. We had 30 to 50 mile an hour winds a lot of the time that we were there. Good god. And they were saying that really wasn't bad. Normal day up there. Yeah, I mean, it, it was seven, 65 to 70 a couple of days before we got there. Oh, wow. Um, snow blowing. I mean, it, it's just a – they're a very – everybody we met was super nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was super nice. They were glad to see you. Now, I was wearing my shorts and boots, so everybody – you know, it kind of broke the ice a little bit. You know, everybody thought I had completely lost my lid when we were up there. But we, uh, we hunt that evening. We don't see anything. We come back. Second morning, we go out to waters way better. The conditions are way better, and we we really got into them that morning. And we got we got a, several beautiful drakes and several hens, and we even picked up a scooter hen and a, a drake. So that's where the, the pictures and stuff come from. Was mainly the second morning. Mainly the second yeah. morning is where we had the majority. We almost had three limits. We were we were really what is the limit on them? Six per man. Okay, uh, I think we had fourteen or fifteen. We we were a couple short of that third limit, but we yeah. we had had a great time, and they were they were starting to they were like, oh, you got your sea legs under you the second day. <laughs> like, no, the sea has actually calmed down to where I can shoot, yeah. you know, where I I can actually see what I'm actually trying to shoot at. So we had a it, it was an awesome. I mean, the the water, the trip, you know, if you want an extreme adventure, to me, it falls in that category. The the water yeah. that we went out in the first morning, being a boy from South Mississippi, I'm not used to going out in that kind of water. I guess not. If we went down to South Louisiana and we hit the pass down there at Grand Isle or Fushan and we saw that type of water, we'd probably just turn around and go yeah. do something else. Yeah. But he was game, and, and he gave us his best effort, and we had a good time doing it. And third day, we had some luck, but the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the weather had picked back up again. And that's what he said. He said, you know, you can be watching the weather that night, and they needed a certain wind to calm the waves. It needed to be coming from off off land out there to make the waves lay down, especially because they'd had a storm out north that had blown some heavy high winds and water in. Yeah. So we were we were you know I mean you're you're at the mercy of the weather, and, and he said out there it's just it's even more so than here. You know mm-hmm. here if you got a little windy day or if it's a rainy day or something. It, yeah. You may not have be quite as successful if you got a good bluebird day or a nice sunny day, mm-hmm. and the wind wants to be right where you want it to be to make them fall in the hole. Right out there, if if, if you don't have the right wind and water, you just can't hunt at all. Yeah, I mean he he said normally most people come into a five day trip in hopes that they get three good days out of it. Hmm. And like they told us, if you'll come in February, February March, later January, February March when the when the ice packs have really started to form out in the Atlantic, it makes the bay water even calmer. I bet. So you can go out and eat it and it's like glass. Well, then the ducks fly in the rocks, see the decoys really well, the boat's not moving. Yeah. You know, everything's – and I want to go back. And I told him, I said, if I plan another trip back, I'm going to plan it in February or March. So, so like, what's well, their season up there? Like when the It's start four months. Either season really? is four months. So were you right? I guess you were right in the middle of it, huh? December, January, February, March. So I guess okay, I was right at the, the first of it. Beginning, yeah. Um, so I know one of the guys asked on the on the group message that we have, what was the food like? It was good. Uh, now I will say this: we had several ham sandwiches. <laughs> uh, 
one night the guy cooked cod and scallops for us and i made them my texas taters um it was good i mean we, yeah. we stopped at a hamburger joint and it was just good of so nothing really really off the wall no not really uh now you could have ordered some stuff but you yeah. know i'm i'm kind of plain jane so i uh-huh. went with what i knew yeah. and what i could pronounce <laughs> but the um you know the evening hunts we had the the going around man the sea in the country it it was some of the prettiest rugged country that you could ask for like i say there's places out there i would be willing to bet the several of the locals there they got to explaining to us that you know with the roads that they have in and atvs and stuff now that a lot of your hunters even your local hunters have kind of gotten to where they they stay on the trails mm-hmm. you know you don't have to pack a moose out you know right. you're talking about a very large animal packing yeah. a moose out oh, so yeah. they want to try to be able to get like one of those eight wheel gators Mm-hmm. or ATVs to them, they can load them up, bring them out, and then food with them in. And it gets so cold there that they can leave stuff hanging for oh, as long yeah. as you can keep animals away from it. I got you a funny one. We kept looking, and outside of all the houses, they had these huge kind of circular-looking baskets. They were long and circular, kind of tubular, I guess you'd say. And he was like, what are those? Like, oh, that's where everybody puts their garbage. You know, that's, okay, so you got stray dogs? He said, no, seagulls. Seagulls. <laughs> so you're not worried about stray dogs or cats getting your garbage. You're worried about seagulls. He said, huh. yeah, right here in this area, you got to worry about seagulls because they'll, they'll rip into a bag of trash and have it scattered all over Kingdom Come. Oh, wow. So it was, you know, just neat things like that. Well, I I haven't posted a picture, but they had a camouflage house up there. Oh, yeah, I remember you sent that oh, to one us, hill yeah. that they had and uh I asked him what he's at, and he got to laugh, and he said, that's Newfoundland uh, witness protection. <laughs> they're, they're hidden up here. <laughs> it's not very hidden. That's what I said. I, w- I would have went with bottom land. <laughs> <laughs> well, up there, you may need to change it to snow one yeah. one week, uh, to a rock the next week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was uh, the atmosphere, the the different things that we got to do and see while we were there, the we had a little guy that came in his his the the outfitters place there was kind of like the local hangout mm-hmm. when we'd come in off the water in the morning it'd be 10 or 12 people meet us at the boat dock just hanging out coming to see what we'd done yeah and come to find out all of them lived on the edge of the rocks mm-hmm. up on the cliffs so and they, they all <laughs> they all had these uh oh uh like spot scopes, spot and scopes. so they would watch the entire hunt so we got in one day, he's like, oh, y'all can't shoot at all. Or somebody was shooting real well. Or, you know, I mean, they, they were yeah. really keeping up with uh, one of them even asked. He said, were you filming coming out? I said, sir. He said, I could see uh, it looked like you standing up in the boat with your phone above your head. I said, yes, sir. I was trying to get a picture of all the, you know, waves and stuff yeah. crashing against the, the rocks. And he said, oh, I could see you just fine. I, I knew who it was. <laughs> Like, all right, did I do anything I wasn't supposed to yeah. do? You know, maybe you know I didn't use the restroom back towards land, did I? Uh, so they they even had the coffee pot ready at the guy's lodge. Like, oh well, coffee's on. Y'all come on back. And it's like you just got invited back to your own lodge. Is that normal? He's like, yeah, that's pretty normal. So that night when we're there and we're cooking and we're eating the, the cod and everything, and and it was the guy did a wonderful job with it. The scallops and everything were wonderful and. It's eight to ten of them filter through. Hmm. It's one little guy comes in. He's got a uh, accordion, and he just plays and plays and grins at you, and he's talking to you. And I looked at the guy from Hattiesburg, and I'm like, have you understood anything he said? He said, I caught about three words. That's good. That's about all I caught. 
and they speak English, but they speak it so fast. I was getting texts from the guy when we first got on the trip and as we were getting closer to it, and I understood later his text by listening to him talk. They talk just like they text. (laughs) And it was like, oh, okay. That's why I had to, you know, you know, no, no, you know your stuff. (laughs) And it's like, okay, you really know your stuff. All right, I got it. You know, uh, (laughs) but you had to learn how to decipher what was being said. Yeah. And and we kept waiting on somebody to speak French and come to find out none of them in that part of the island spoke French. Oh, wow. I'm like, how are you Canadian and don't speak French? I thought you were, you know, that was just uh-huh. kind of the... Went hand in hand. It it did not. But it was an awesome trip. I mean, we had a great time. We were able to bring, you know, some ducks back to mount, and that was an adventure all on its own. We froze them, wrapped them in newspaper, and then I have that waterproof bag, uh, backpack bag, and put them in there, and the guy from Hattiesburg's like, man, we can't get through customs with that. And I said, that's the way we did it last year. That's the way it was recommended. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll just carry it in my normal backpack, and we'll be fine. So we get to the airport, walk through. Nobody has anything to say to us. We go on, get our stuff checked, and we go through. And When we land in Toronto, we have to go through customs, get back in the U.S. Yeah. They actually checked us there harder. We, we didn't really check anything. When we got off plane in New Orleans, we were in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um but they ran us through, and we had to went to one of these little kiosk things and filling everything out. And when I printed my little pass, my little pass card out, mine had an X on it. And the guy from Hattiesburg's like, "Why's your got an X? Mine doesn't have an X." I said, "Well, I had to put that I had the ducks. I've got these five yeah. ducks, three for you that you're mounting, and then I'm mounting a drake and a hen eider. Um, I guess that's why." Mm-hmm. So get up there, and the little guy's like, "Oh, you come with me." <laughs> so he takes me around the back and we go through another little set of doors and go through another little set and he's like you you need to sit here they will be with you in a minute like, okay so i've got five frozen ducks in this bag i set them down set my backpack down and they sit there and decide to have a chit chat for five to eight minutes well, <laughs> about fine, you or just in no general? they're just talking about whatever it is they okay. want to talk about and i'm like okay folks i'm trying to catch another airplane i've yeah. got a buddy outside waiting you know, he's probably thinking I'm being strip searched right about this time. <laughs> well, finally, I get up there. lady calls my name. I walk up there, and she's like, what do you have with you? I said, ma'am, I have five frozen ducks. She said, well, did you bring me any strawberry something jam? And I'm like, no, ma'am. She said, well, I'm going to need some. I said, ma'am, if you're going to take these ducks from me, you're going to have to provide your own. <laughs> I mean, if I'm providing a duck, yeah. you're, you're going to have to get your own, yeah, your own preserve that you want to put on them. Well, she kind of went to grinning at me, and she said, well, is that all you have? I said, that's it. There's five frozen ducks. And I set the bag up on the counter, and she's like, oh, you really do have five frozen ducks? I said, yes, ma'am, they're whole, I mean, from, from mm-hmm. beak to tail. And she said, oh, okay, um, no deer meat, no bear, no moose? I said, no, ma'am, we were duck hunting. She said, where's your firearm? I said, we rented one while we were there. She said, where's your shells, ammunition? I said, we bought ammunition there, and whatever we didn't use, we left with him. She said, well, that's pretty smart. I said, well, we try. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're not trying to do this the wrong yeah. way. So she got to, she said, well, if that's all you have, you, you can go. I said, really? She said, well, yeah, if you don't have anything else. I said, there's not a form I need to fill out. She said, not here. Hmm. So ran me out. Well, of course, the guy from Hattiesburg, he's steadily laughing. He's like, what'd they do? What all they do to you? I'm like, shut up. It's okay. <laughs> so we get out, we go, and I told him what all had happened, and we sit there and the flight from Toronto to New Orleans gets backed up. 
You know, they back it up another 30 minutes, back it up another 30 minutes. Finally let us board. We're sitting there about 15, 20 minutes, and the guy from Hattiesburg's put his headset on, and he's oblivious to everything on the plane. He's watching a little show or listening to something. And the captain comes on the little PA system. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, and just wanted to let you know the reason we had a little slight delay. One of the ground crew noticed we had a flat tire. <laughs> We thought we'd get that changed out before we started this flight. Uh, so, but now that everything's back on track, we're good to go. With a tailwind, we should be there just in time. Thank you for flying Canadian Air. And it was like, <laughs> I could see where a flat tire could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. On takeoff or landing. Either having, one. Having faulty equipment does not. Yeah. Uh, so we, we land in New Orleans, and the guy from Hattiesburg, he's steadily fussing. He's like, man, we an hour late. I don't know. I was like, did you hear the captain? <laughs> We had a flat tire on the airplane. It's not like a flat tire on the trailer where you can just keep on going yeah. a little further. You you really do need to stop and take care of that. He was like, no, I didn't hear that. So <laughs> we laughed. We we had a great time. He's already messaged me back and wanted to know when we were going to do something else. Um, so I, apparently I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, you didn't scare him off that bad. I didn't scare him off on it. Uh, he He's going to go ready to go again. So like well, I say, good, it, man. Was, it was a great place, great time. Yeah, we we had a. I would go again, and if anybody gets a chance, go on our page, look back. Uh, I posted on several different waterfowl sites and different hunting sites and stuff. But I, I did a little video of it just to kind of yeah, give everybody an idea and, and give the little guy a little bit of uh, of advertising and help him out a little bit because he's yeah. he's got a really great. So is he is he stay booked up or yes really he he actually said he was talking about maybe putting on a second boat. So wow. Um, you know, he may get you to come up there and run it. Run well, that was actually right? talked about. Really? I want to know if I wanted to come up and guide or, or put some money in. And I don't know if that's even remotely, yeah. if you can put money into anything <laughs> up there. And that's what I told him. I said, let me research a little bit. If it wasn't so far away, oh, I could get all into that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I could operate. It, it would be a lot of learning curve to operate a boat in that water. I guarantee it would. Uh, I'm pretty sure I might sink us a time or two. Yeah. On, on trying to learn i don't know if they have a nintendo game where you could try that a little bit first <laughs> get but, luke to find you one. <laughs> yeah, I, I see if luke can find me a game where i can start trying a simulation of yeah handling a boat in that type of water but no doubt man well i guarantee there's gonna be more adventures come up that and we'll get on especially with duck season you know getting in this prime around here i know you got a you got a hunt or two coming up and i'm gonna be getting back after them I'll be heading back up to the camp on friday and uh, I'm sure we will we will see how see how everything goes. But everybody, we just kind of wanted to recap opening opening weekends here in Mississippi, and then and Jake's adventures as always. So, Jake, we will we will catch it again, man. We will. Enjoy everybody, we appreciate y'all listening, and God bless. Thank y'all. Lord, to make you feel alright I got the windows down I got the radio 